Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today, GHSA Boys Basketball Sweet 16 Preview and Predictions. You know I love making predictions. Bulletin board material, I hear it all the time from the coaches, and I love it because it really helps these kids Bring out their A-game, I guess. I mean, they need some doubters, they need some haters, and I'll be your huckleberry if you have to put me on a on a bullseye in your locker room. Just make sure it doesn't get back to me, but thank me after you win the state championship if I pick against you. That's all I ask. And as far as picking against teams, I went 105 for 128, 82%. Decent, not the best. It was okay. But with that... Let's get into Class 7A. Parkview, a winner, 75-49 over Camden County. And as we said, Region 1, not very good. But Parkview gets a job done, and now they have a home game because Noonan upset Walton 50-48. And that was a game that... um. You know, the Walton game, I thought it was going to be a close one, a coin flip game, kind of. Walton did not pull it out. That's who I picked. Noonan got the job done. Dante Colton, Eric Smar, all those guys, they, they, they found a way. It was a real nip and tuck game, real close. Um, so not a huge surprise to see that. I knew it would be a good game. Um, but kudos to Noonan, Coach Gatz, having a great season over there. And now they get Parkview, and Parkview um, – I have Parkview making it to the Elite Eight. I had them pick for the Elite Eight before this Noonan win, and I think they're going to continue to roll on. Jason Edwards scores the ball. Avante Harper, big inside at 6'5", plays above the rim, and Asher Woods, you got a big three right there. Um, not a whole lot of scoring outside of that, but you got a big three. You're coming off a nice win. You're playing against Noonan. Now Noonan again, same type deal. I think Dante Colton could block some shots, but I feel like Parkview's guards – are definitely going to have advantage, the advantage in this one, and they're playing at home. It's been a while since Parkview has been to the Sweet 16, so I think they're going to get the job done, and they're going to continue rolling on to the Elite Eight. Next up, we had Archer survive Gainesville 63-61, and a good one in overtime. And now they get Milton, who won 89-47 over Mill Creek. Not going to be an easy one. For Milton, we know this Archer team plays great defense. They share the ball. Uh, it's a by-committee approach. Everyone gets touches. Everyone's capable of giving you 12 to 14 points per game. They are going to play very hard and very well. Now, again, we touched on this on the first podcast. It feels like Archer's always been that team that's close but no cigar, even last year. They play so close and tight with these top elite echelon teams, but then they come up just a little short, and that's kind of been the story of this team, but they're the two seed. They're extremely dangerous with how well they share the ball. Um, I think they're going to give Milton some issues. I think Milton um, definitely has a star power, and Milton should be able to win this one. I'm going with Milton, um, but I do think Archer, just their, their style of play, and how they they get after it defensively, and they're able to control the tempo. They're gonna they're gonna make these Milton these young Milton guards work for it. I know Bruce Thornton's great, and um, Tane and Carlisle as well, and Brock Bidwell's a senior. He's a veteran. 
Um, I think the difference is going to be probably that interior of Milton. I think Kendall Campbell and LT Overton, they could have big games uh, just with rebounding and kind of cleaning up misses inside. Uh, I think that could kind of hurt Archer because I know they got Christian Drummer on the perimeter. I really like him a lot. I think he's their their top guy, but inside they are limited height-wise and bulk-wise, and I think that's where Milton's going to end up wearing them down. So I like Milton to win this one. I think Archer hangs around, but I feel like the uh, the Eagles pull away nationally ranked team at home. Um, I think they pull away and they make it to the Elite Eight. Up next, Denmark lost to Norcross, so we had the Blue Devils. 57-44 winners onto the Sweet 16. Now they go to North Gwinnett, who s- survived Roswell 55-50. A little closer than expected. Um, so now Norcross, again, they, they got the nice win, and now they're going to North Gwinnett, and I think this is going to be a, a game that's going to be going to be anchored with defense in this one. North Gwinnett with um, Luke Keller inside and RJ Godfrey. Those are some big bodies that can really um, alter shots and rebound inside and kind of outmuscle you. And if it's a, a battle of physicality, I think North Gwinnett might be the more physical team. A Norcross on paper, probably the more talented team. But you add in Thomas Howard as a floor spacer from the perimeter and Brandon Rigsby. Um, I think that's a, that's a tough matchup for Norcross. I know Jaden Harris... Had a good game in that first round, and you know a bunch of young, talented players, cock yet going to DePaul. But I think North Gwinnett. I think they're going to be more tough. I think they might be a little mentally tougher in this one. Again, Norcross is playing good basketball now, but they still have shown a, a tendency to sometimes play down to competition, and you can't really play down at this level in the state tournament. And going to North Gwinnett, it's going to be a very tough place to play at. So I'm going with North Gwinnett to win this one. I, I obviously think Norcross has a talent to get the job done and pull it out, but I just like the cohesion of North Gwinnett. They're playing very good basketball. Um, gosh, how many wins in a row have they had now? I don't know off the top of my head, but it's been quite a lot. Uh, so they have good mojo on their side. I think North Gwinnett gets over the hump and gets past Norcross and gets to the Elite Eight. Up next, we have Newton. Again, Region 1, not good. 82-32. Embarrassed Colquitt County by 50 points. Newton has a lot of talent with those guards of Stephon Castle, TJ Clark, uh, Ja'Kai Newton, all these guys. Now they see Pebblebrook, who just uh, took care of North Cobb, 84-45. Newton has a guard play. They have the talented young players to compete with Pebblebrook. But I just think Pebblebrook is way too complete of a team as far as looking at, oh gosh, Danny Stubbs, Jamal Kleiss, um, just all these guys, Reddish, Aaron Reddish, and everybody. They just have so many bodies to throw at you if you're Pebblebrook. Um, just so much going for them right now, and that's a tough team. Uh, Tyler Shirley, I just think it's it's a lot to handle for Newton. And I think Newton... Not not this year, but maybe next year. But I just think they're still a little young. They're still, you know, haven't been able to pull it out of the fire against some of these top top teams. Uh, I think it's a tough matchup for Newton. I think they, like I said, they have the talent to make this a an interesting game for a while. But you just look at what they did. I know it was super early on in the season, but Pebblebrook beat them pretty well, seventy four to fifty three. Um, I don't know if it's going to be 
that lopsided, maybe a little bit closer, but I do like Pebble Brook to advance on to the next round. Up next, we have another rematch, and that's what you get in Class 7A with you know, all these big tournaments, uh, you know, a lot of recycled teams matching each other up against each other. Um, that's why when I run my events, I kind of like to have different classifications uh, of teams play each other so we don't have all these rematches. But alas, we have another one, Cherokee. Heads to Burkmar after Cherokee won 65-51 over Peachtree Ridge and Burkmar won 81-55 over Lambert. T.O. Thailand Owens, I hear he was out again for this first round game, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he played against Whitewater either. Not sure what's going on. That's a big loss. We talked about it in the last podcast how he needs to turn it on and score from the opening tip and not wait to be a facilitator. But you zap him from that roster against Burkmar. Burkmar beat him. Third game of the season, a lot has changed since then, but 73-60. to 60. If Cherokee does not have all their bullets, it's going to be tough. I think Elijah Tucker is going to have to carry this Cherokee team, which he is capable of doing, and he's done all season, going to Xavier. I think Ethan Pickett, his defense and his athleticism, it's got to turn into some live ball points off the turnovers. Uh, but I think Jamel Rideout, Malik Ewan, all those guys, Jamari Hill, Dara Olande, who I think could have a, a big impact in this game with his physicality and his ability to attack rebounds and just play above the rim. I think Burkmar is just going to have too much, especially at home. And if Cherokee doesn't have T.O. at full strength or at all, I think that's really going to hurt the Warriors. And I have to go with Burkmar to make it to the Elite Eight. Up next, North Paulding, 69-56. They beat East Coweta. Oh, boy, East Coweta uh, not able to get the job done. Griffin Cherry, too strong, very good guard. Trey Harris had a nice game. Uh, Thrower, Dalen Thrower had a good game. So East Coweta, with all that talent, again, just they can't put it all together. So a great win for North Paulding. And now they go down south to Tiff County, who grinded out a 54-49 South Gwinnett win. So Tiff County, they're on to the next round. And again, I think this is, you know, a toss-up game. I think Tiff County is going to be very well coached. I think it's going to be tougher for North Paulding to go up against uh, their X's and O's. They're going to be physical. It's a real B word to go play at Tiff County in the state tournament because it's just it's a tough atmosphere. They're always tough kids. Dorian Warren, um, very very good. I think he can cause some issues. Um, Outside of that, I think North Paulding has Griffin Cherry. If Griffin Cherry is able to handle the pressure and they're able to get some good looks on offense, I think North Paulding can win this game. Um, better team-wise, I think North Paulding is a better team than Tiff County. Um, again, Tiff County hasn't really seen a whole lot. I mean, they beat that South Gwinnett team by five. But I think home court advantage is really big this time of year, especially at Tiff County. Trying to make this pick on the spot. Like I said, I like North Paulding's roster better than Tiff County. But I think Tiff County at home, the physicality, they usually get the job done. It's one of those deals where they've been there before. North Paulding, this is definitely uncharted territory for them. Um, I'm going to go with Tiff County begrudgingly. I certainly think North Paulding can win this game. I think... It's possible North Paulding should win this game, but I'm going to go with Tiff County because it is Tiff, then Georgia. It's down south. It's a long trip, and it's a physical brand of basketball. So a lot of good defense. 
I think Tiff County wins, but I think North Paulding should win. But I'll go with Tiff County. Next, we have McEachern, who beat the brakes off of Marietta 79-41 against Grayson, who beat Lowndes 58-28. So we have a legit Final Four matchup in the second round. And I know, I know we want to cry and complain, but this is how the brackets lay out. It happens sometimes. I don't know what to tell you, but these two teams did hook up earlier in the season. Grayson won 74-66. I know Grayson is going to go inside out, pound the ball to Tajay Kelly, pound the ball to Ian Shefflin, Regent Player of the Year, pound it. Chauncey Wiggins can play on the perimeter some, but he is 6'10". He does have the skill to score on the low block. They're going to go inside out. They're going to try and play bully ball. McEachern, um... Not great defensively inside. That's their one area of weakness. Now, you match them up on the perimeter in transition. They're as good as anybody with Cam McDowell going to Georgia. Chance Moore going to Arkansas. Bobby Moore, just uh, an athletic specimen at about 6'4", 6'5". They have some guys, but I worry about what they can do defensively inside against Grayson. Of course, Grayson does have good guard play, and Robert Coward, Tyrese Elliott, Caden McArthur, I like him just being a gritty, tough little guard that will take charges and distribute the ball. I think McEachern, this is going to be too big inside, or not McEachern, but Grayson, just going to be too big inside, going to be too physical. It's going to be a really, really, really good game, but I think Grayson, with that inside-out mentality and that punch you in the mouth and play big and just you know try to chew you up on the glass, I think Grayson finds a way to win a very physical game and the Rams advance to the Elite Eight. And lastly, we will go on to Etowah losing 67-75 to Collins Hill. I wish I knew Mason Edder did not play that. Obviously, 100% would have changed my pick. That You're talking about possibly Etowah's most important player. So, of course, Collins Hill able to win this game close with Etowah missing like I said, possibly their most important player. So that's a game I got wrong. But if I had the full intel that Mason Etter wasn't playing, trust me, that might change things for me. And then, of course, you have Discovery. The four seed upsets the number one seed, South Forsyth, 56-52. South Forsyth was rolling. They won X amount of games in a row. It was a lot. But I thought that was going to be a tough matchup. Discovery does have a lot of talent. With Navon Mays and Mikey Moncrease and so on and so forth, Ian Davis. Tough match for South Forsyth. They had a bunch of guys foul out. Played really hard. It was a good game, but Discovery, a little more juice in the tank. A great win for this Discovery team. And they find themselves up against Collins Hill. And, uh, you know, these are two teams, of course. So going back to the. Uh, the the Gwinnett County basketball, I'm sure they've hooked up over the years. I'll pull it up real quick to see if that is the case. But, again, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, Collins Hill, again, it, it comes down to can you handle that pressure and that, that, that um, you know, that full court press that they really like to slap on you. Collins Hill will trap, 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 trap. Um, these two teams were in the same region last year as I, as I thought it was the case. Uh, Collins Hill won their first matchup 62-59. They lost their second matchup 77-68. So they split last year. Of course, it's a new season this year. With that being said, I'm going Discovery over Collins Hill. I like Navon Mays. 
Uh, all the guys I already mentioned, I think Collins Hill will be tough. I know Ethan Davis is a monster on the glass at six foot five. Very tough player. Vino Glover, Jabri Mills, Alpha Diallo, all these guys play fast, play hard, can score the ball. Um, but I'm going to go with Discovery. I know they're going to be on the road, uh, but I, I think this Discovery team you know, just has shown me just a tad bit more throughout the season, and I'm going to ride with Discovery to finish up Class 7A. So now let's move on to Class 6A. Uh, you know, a, a tough bracket as expected. I said this is going to be super competitive. No surprises here. We got four. What, one, two, three, four, five games I picked wrong. You know, really sinking my battleship over here. But let's look at what we got. Uh, we'll start with Tucker going on the road, beating Valdosta 60-56. to So now the Tigers... Head to Evans, who survived Effingham, 67-64. They rally to come back and win that one. They're going to have to play a lot better against Tucker. And just looking at that top four quadrant, I mean, you had 14-6 Tucker, 19-5 Valdosta, 18-7 Effingham, 19-2 Evans. So all good records, all very good teams. Um, I'm going to go with Evans in this one. I just feel like maybe they got their first game jitters out of the way, but they're going to have to play much better. I think Rashad King... Going to be a big factor in this game against Tucker. I think Devin Story with his outside shooting. Uh, I think Evans is going to have to have enough bodies to get on David Giddens, who's had a really good season. Someone's going to make sure Raylon Varian doesn't kind of cut him up off the dribble. But I think Evans has been the better team for the most part throughout the year. Not by uh, leaps and bounds, but I do like what Evans has done this season. I think they're a, a group that has a lot of seniors and upperclassmen, and I think they're going to be ready for the fight, and they're going to be able to get one out against Tucker. Next, Centennial beat South Cub 72-59, and then the game I was at in overtime, Frida, 64-56. Winderbarrow, the four seed, beats Douglas County, sweeping Region 5. Region 5 was bad this year, and it was admittedly so from all the coaches in that region, including Douglas County. We all, we, you know, it was a bad region this year, and, uh, Region eight, which looked like possibly the best region, um, they they really showed they really showed up and showed out, and they did what they were supposed to do, sweeping away region five. And I said this game is going to come down to toughness, and which team is going to be tougher? I mean, shoot, right out of the gate, this is a game that had two fouls on Amari Fontenot, picked up his first foul four seconds in, he picks up a second foul about forty seconds in. You know, he still stayed out there for most of the game, but it was a quick 5-0 foul count in Douglas County. So looking at that, you know, Douglas County wants to out-physical teams, and that's how they win. I saw how the game was being called, and I said, eh, this could make it a little bit interesting. But, you know, the fouls often, as they do, kind of evened out. And it was a physical game for both teams, and it was a grind fest. I mean, we were, we were what, 28-28 after three quarters? It was just rugged, physical play, and we, we go to overtime for this one. Uh, Winder Barrow wins 64-56, as I mentioned. Um, boy, oh boy, both teams had their chances. We had Douglas County at the line for two free throws in a tie game with 0.5 seconds left. First one off the rim, second one clanks off as well. And, you know, that, that player was just mentally distraught after that, then fouled out, so... 
But the big difference here, Winderbear with this win, Tim Loud, he took over, and I, I think it was the fourth quarter, just all of a sudden, Douglas County could not keep him out of the lane. It was straight drive penetration, get right into the middle of the defense, score or dish off to one of your big guys, Isaiah Nelson Odoa, who had three dunks on the day, just spoon feed him and let him slam it home. And I just don't know. All of a sudden, it just it just happened. Tim Loud just got to the rack at will, and Douglas County had no answers. And it, it was it was very strange. It was something else. But he turned it on. Tim Loud, twenty two points. Um, you're looking at Stuart Gallon or Allen. Uh, he had fourteen points. Wyatt Fricks, eleven points, eleven rebounds, three blocks. Isaiah Nelson Odoa, I need him to get stronger inside, but he was still effective. 10 points, 9 rebounds, 7 blocks. Um, Omarion Smith was really good for Douglas County. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 4 steals, 5 blocks. Uh, Michael Kennard had 10 points. Justice DeBone, 9 points. But a big win for Winder Barrow. And now they play Centennial. Centennial is really, really good, folks. I've been saying that you know all season long, that guard play of K.J. Spoonie, Kyle Duncan, um, Mansur Williamson, you add in Logan Turner, who we know is a very athletic scoring guard on the wing. Um, Wade Call, who didn't have a great game in the first round match against um, South Cobb, but that is a very good, fundamentally sound post player that can hit you with hook shots and good, solid back to the basket scoring moves. Um, you know, I feel like he might be a little bit negative in this game with the size of Winder Barrel, but. It's going to come down to guard play, and surprisingly enough, Winder Barrow's guard play beat Douglas County's guard play, and they were able to handle the physicality of Douglas County inside. So now, Centennial, uh, I even before the Winder Barrow win, I did have Centennial going to the Elite Eight. I'm going to stick with that. I do think they they have seen very good teams, as has Winder Barrow, but I feel like I think their guards are, I think their guards should be able to kind of win that battle against the Winder Barrow guards. I think Centennial guards are probably better than Douglas County's guards. So I'm going to lean on them to uh, you know keep Tim Loud in check and Stewart Allen, not let him get 14 points. You know, that's that's that was 30, what, 36 points right there from your backcourt against DC, and that's probably not what they expected when you got your front court combining for just 21. Um, so I think Centennial is going to win this game, but I think again. Wander Barrow, that's a scary team with that length and with Tim Lau, but how he was able to just take over that game, um, that's, a, that's a live underdog, but I'm going to stick with Centennial. Next up, we have Wheeler, who beat Sequoia 75-59 versus Lanier, 71-43 over South Paulding. And from what I have been told, these two teams have already met earlier in the season. We'll pull it up and take you to the Wayback Machine. Looks like it was a 79-64 win for Wheeler back on December 26th, the day after Christmas, if that is correct. A lot has changed since then. I think Wheeler wins this one still. Uh, I think uh, Andrew McConnell is going to have to knock down some outside shots, a lot of them. I think he can do that. I just think Wheeler is so big up front and so physical, and they're just such a well-put-together team with all their pieces. Uh, I know... Coach Mayweather does an exceptional job for Lanier, and they're going to have a good game plan. I think they're going to be, you know, that's a team that attacks. And Lanier, they've won close games. What, they won three or four overtime games last year in the state playoffs to make it to the 
um, state championship. So this is a team that has that that DNA of okay, when it's crunch time, we know how to nut up, nut up, and get the job done. Um, I think Wheeler is going to be really, really tough. I think it's going to be a close game, um, but I do like Wheeler to advance. I just think with Jaheim Hudson inside, he's really tough. Isaiah Collier, and then Caleb Washington with that length, I think they'll be able to uh, to get this win. I think Makai Vassell is going to have to play exceptionally well for Lanier, but I do think Wheeler advances. Up next, North Atlanta, 53-44 over Houston County. And they get Richmond Hill, who won 76-58 over Rockdale. Going to stick with my pick of Richmond Hill, Jaden Marshall. I think he's going to pose some issues for North Atlanta, but I think Montavious Myrick's going to cause some problems. The big guy for North Atlanta, he's he's really good. I like him. I haven't seen him in person, but I love what I see from uh, on film. I think Layden Finley is going to have to really do a good job of keeping him off the glass, blocking out, and trying to still carve out some points inside. Um, I think that trip's going to be pretty long. Atlanta to Richmond Hill. I mean, uh, you know, I love the coast, but it is a long trip. I think North Atlanta is a very good team, but I think Richmond Hill at home. I think, you know, I said this last year when they had Sequoia at home, they couldn't get the job done, but I like Richmond Hill at home, team that has seen a lot this year. I think they find a way to grit one out against North Atlanta. Up next, Buford 66-64 over Alexander in the rematch win. And now they get Chattahoochee who beat Pope 68-60. to um, interesting matchup here. Uh, you know, Buford, Caleb Blackwell is going to have to play well. He's going to have to keep pace with A.J. White and Jordan Brown in this one. Uh, a couple of those other guards on the perimeter will obviously have to, uh, you know, I think it starts defensively for Buford as far as you just can't let A.J. White and Brown both combine for about 45, 50 points. That's, that's not a winning recipe if you're the defense. I think Jalen Taylor, this, this has to be a, a coming out party for him. I need him to go for 20 and 10 for Buford. This is, you know, six foot seven, that length, inside out type player, can shoot the three, uh, can really take over stretches. He needs to be assertive in this one. He has to really provide Buford with an X factor. But Chattahoochee, it's tough to pick against A.J. White, heart of a champion. I'm going to go with Chattahoochee in this one. I think they're going to continue on, get back to the Elite Eight, and try to defend their state title. But uh, I'm going with Chattahoochee to the Elite Eight. Next up, Brunswick out coaches Grovetown in overtime, 77-70. to Chris Turner, a good coach. Go all the way over to Augusta, get the job done. Um, impressive performance by them. You know, it's a, it's a team that really does it by committee. A lot of guys put the ball in the basket. Uh, good job for them. Always love to see Brunswick do well. Talented team. If I able to pull it up, we're looking at a team that, oh boy, they got some, you know, Xavier Bean. I mentioned some of these guys, you got to keep them in check. I said, Xavier Bean and Tyrese Jones, can you keep them in check? They did not do that. 22 points for Bean, 17 for Jones. Even Kamarian Johnson gave you 14 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and Isaiah Butler chips in 10 points. So Brunswick, now they get Lee County, 67-52. I mean, Langston Hughes has kind of been... You know, they were kind of disappointing this year. Um, good team. I thought they were able to pull it out. I know Rory Welsh really good on the road in the postseason, but the magic wasn't there. They ran out in the state tournament. Uh, MJ Taylor can put the ball in the basket. I'm telling you, he had another big game. 
Now it puts me in a tough predicament. Am I going Brunswick or am I going Lee County? I tend to always pick against Lee County for some reason. Um, got to go back on, go back and look at you know the entirety of the season. Lee County's fifteen and ten. Brunswick seventeen and eight. Region one is okay. Well, region one's actually not the best. Now that I look at it, you're looking at region one. You got only one team that made it to the next round, Lee County. That's that's about it. So with that being said, I know MJ Taylor's very, very good and he can carry this team, but again, I think Coach Turn is a really good coach and he does have a balanced scoring attack. I'm going Brunswick on the road to beat Lee County, the number one seed out of Region One. I'm gonna roll the dice, go with Brunswick. And see what happens. I got Pirates moving on to the Elite Eight. Next up. And again, I wish I knew. I I said I could not confirm that Statesboro was going to be without three of their top players. I was again told Leslie Black did not play. And that they had two players that averaged eight points per game not on the roster anymore. Again, that's what I was personally told. Um, And I I guess it's been confirmed again. So, yes, if I knew Statesboro was out three without three of their top players players in the rotation I probably would have gone with Heritage and Heritage took advantage of a shorthanded Statesboro team and blew them out 81-57 and now they see Westlake who won 66-50 over Northside Warner Robins who Northside Warner Robins was without a bunch of other guys Jordan Brown tore his labrum so he didn't play and they had a lot of guys out for this game so eh, you're looking at two teams that beat up on teams that weren't at full strength this one I don't know. I know um, Gaddis Heath's been playing at a ridiculous level right now. Going up against Heritage. Heritage obviously can score the ball. they got the two Division One players. Westlake has been good this year. I'm going with the consistency again. Talent-wise, Heritage is more talented. But again, I think they love when I pick against them. I'm going with Westlake over Heritage. Uh, again, Heritage has scared me with consistency throughout the season. It looks like they have everybody right now, but Westlake with Jalil McKee, I think Gaddis Heath, those two guys alone are really, really tough, and they can go at James White, and they can go at RJ Nord. I think it's going to be a really tough one, a really tight one, a really close one. Heritage, again, like I said, I think they're more talented between those two uh, scoring Donmos, but I'm going with Westlake at Westlake. I'm going to stick with the Lions. And bottom right-hand side, Shiloh 67-47 over Dalton. And then I said it could be a little tough. Kel struggles with size, people. 58-56 against River Ridge. I wondered who is going to guard Scoot Henderson. Well, I don't know, but Coach Darling had a good enough game plan. They held him in check, and it was Jalen Harris that came to the rescue with a big game. So... We're talking about Jalen Harris with 21 points. Scoot with only 18. Kel struggles against size. And, you know, they're playing a really good defensive team in Shiloh, but Shiloh doesn't have size. Uh, I I think this is going to be a close. I just I can't see Kel blowing out Shiloh. Shiloh's too good defensively. I think Sh- – I don't want to put Kel on upset alert, but I think it's, it is possible that this happens. I'm going to go with Kel. In this game, with Shiloh is great defensively. Devin Barnes is very good. He will put pressure on this kill team the entire game. 
Trevon Payton has played very well. Nazir Griffith. I mean, all these guys are coming up big for Coach Kim Rivers. Um, Kel's going to have to play very, very well to make it out of this game. I'm telling you that right now. Kel is going to have to play very well. I would be honestly very shocked if Kel wins this game by eight or more points. If they win this game by double digits, I would be shocked. I like Kel to win. I think it's going to be a nitty-gritty, super close game again. But again, people, if Shiloh wins... Don't act like this is the biggest upset in the state of Georgia history because it's not. Shiloh's very good, but I think I'm going to go with Kale just because they do have Scoot and they've won some close games and they're going to pull it out of the fire at home. We have Class 5A now. Locust Grove 59-57 over Warner Robins. Welcome to the dance, boys. They're not just here to have a, you know, a quick time and get out. They're not just happy to be there. No, 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 no. Coach Harrell has these boys playing well. They win at Warner Robins, which is tough to play at. What a great performance from Locust Grove. And now they see Tri-Cities. Again, I saw different scores. I was told it was a 91-77. I saw a 98-77. It was 90-something to 77. Tri-Cities won. Um... Again, I'm sticking with Tri-Cities. I just think they're the best team in Class 5A. Locust Grove is playing great basketball. I think the Cinderella story comes to an end here. Uh, I just It's just hard to imagine Peyton Daniels and Simeon Cottle and Devorian Rudolph and all these guys not able to get the job done. Uh, I see Tri-Cities winning this one and pulling it out and moving on to the Elite Eight. Next up, Blessed Trinity, 78-55 winners over Lithia Springs. St. Pius, 81-58 over Walnut Grove. These two teams, always a fun matchup when they get together. Um, teams that are going to rely on execution and good defense and ball movement. And I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I know they've played in the past. Let me pull it up and see what I can find out here. These two teams hooked up early in the season and St. Pius won 50-44, so it's going to be a close game, I would imagine. Um, we're talking about best player on the floor. Best player on the floor is probably Jax Bonite um, going to Flagler, but he's playing against his Atlanta Timberwolf teammate, Brooks Kalert. So there's going to be some fun, fun rivalry out there between these two guys trying to get the best of each other. I think we're going to see a lot of highlight plays as far as passing goes. Um, I do think St. Pius wins this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think Blessed Trinity is going to just get blown out of the water. Uh, I think Bonite's going to throw the kitchen sink at St. Pius, uh, but I think Pius is just going to have a little bit more, and they're a little bit more, a little bit more experienced playing better teams. And of course, we know St. Pius. It's very rarely that they're one and done in the state tournament. So I like the Golden Lions to advance. Bottom left-hand side, Cass let me down, a 72-67 loss to Villarica, who was only 13-10. and It's a bad loss. You can't make any bones about it. But Jason Robinson, he does a fantastic job. Like He's got kids on his roster. It's just turnover every single year. And no matter what, when it looks like you, know, you, you can't even name a kid on this roster, every single year Villarica is very competitive. And you have to give him such credit for making it to the Sweet 16. And now they see Clark Central, who won 73-45 at ML King. I like Clark Central in this one. They've been a better team than Villarica all season long. Um, 
I think they're just going to find a way. Stephon Smith has done a great job over there this year. Um, and they're going to continue to roll, I feel like. it's a, It's been a good team. I know last year when they made it a little bit of a run, it was a little bit of a surprise. But now it's not a surprise. Got the co-region player of the year in Rio Foster, Nono Mack. Uh, they got some athletes. For that reason, I do like Clark Central, and it's at home. I think it's going to be a tough crowd, tough place to play at. I got the Gladiators. Next up, Dutchtown, 63-46 over Coffee. They get Jonesboro. Region 3, number 4, beat the number 1 seed out of Region 2, Harris County, 50-43. to 43. Uh, We correctly predicted that one. I feel good about that. It looks like um, Region 2, they got swept. Not a big surprise. The games are, some of the games, much closer than expected. But Jonesboro gets the job done. Now they see Dutchtown. What to expect in this one? Well, We'll see if Jonesboro can handle the amoeba defense that uh, Coach Griffin likes to throw out there for Dutchtown. Um, again, you just add in that uh, that great length and athleticism of Cohen Carr. He literally dunks everything near the rim. He's just so wirely, wiry and gangly, gets to the rim. Um, Micah Evans is tough inside. Uh, I like the outside shooting of Jared Waddell. Gary Richardson's a solid guard. I think Dutchtown basketball-wise is more skilled than Jonesboro. Jonesboro does have Nate Adams and a Giannis Woods, two six foot seven, um, long forwards that they could pose some issues inside with blocking shots and rebounding. I think you know Jonesboro. You always think of Jonesboro. You think toughness, defense, attacking style, and rebounding, and they're going to be able to do that. But I think Dutchtown will find a way to win this game. I just kind of like their their guards a little bit more. They have more shooters. Uh, I think Devin Rainey's going to have to have a big game for Jonesboro, but I think Dutchtown. Uh, as long as I can handle Jonesboro's pressure, I think Dutchtown wins this game. So I'm going to move on the defending state champs. Up next, Lithonia, 62-53 over Greenbrier. They get Chapel Hill, another four seed we got right, over Calhoun, 56-36. Um, Chapel Hill has a lot of talent. You know, we listed all the names. Um Doucette, KJ Doucette, you talk about uh, Makai Bell back, Shai Shannon, all these guys, Kelvin Hunter, the list goes on and on and on. And Lithonia, it's really just been Chase Champion and Raheem Swain, who's averaging 25 points per game. They only got two guys that really score the ball. I think Chapel Hill has a lot more options to turn to, but I'm going with Lithonia. Again, a program, a team that has been there, has done that before. Chapel Hill hasn't really advanced super deep into the postseason in a few years it seems like so i'm gonna go with lithonia even though i think chapel hill has more bullets in the chamber i'm going with lithonia just because they have that mindset they have that mentality they expect to win and i think they can win next up woodward 55 50 winner over griffin they get veterans who gutted one out it was close with union grove 64 54 so both these teams a little closer than expected, and it kind of eh, kind of scares me. I, I really do rely on veterans' defense. I think they do have a good defense. Aaron Jones, when he's out there at 6'10", he, he blocks shots, and he can get in the way. Um, Woodward, you got two guys that are scoring the ball. Logan Stevens and Will Richard is going to Belmont. And Will Richard, he can really score at the rim, and can really just out-muscle people. 
And I want to see if he's going to be posting up, how much he's going to be posting up. He posted up a lot when I saw them play Tri-Cities. Is he going to be posting up that much against veterans? Because if veterans is going to play their man defense, you know, TJ Grant, he's a really good defender. I'm interested. Does TJ Grant, does he draw Will Richard? Because that would be a big spot for the junior to try and lock him up. And then also, like I mentioned, Aaron Jones, is he going to be back there? Is he going to be able to block some shots? If Richard tries to get on the glass, I know Richard crashes very, very hard. Will he be able to alter some of those shots and block some shots and kind of make sure he doesn't have a field day down there? Really interesting matchup. Um, D'Angelo Hines, if he has a good game, I think, again, he is one of the key pieces for veterans. Just such a, a good, smart, solid overall guard that scores in a variety of ways and and again, I really trust veterans' defense. Now, Wilbur does have some length with Jordan Shube and another one that's 6'6". Um, but I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going veterans, 22-0. I think it's going to be tough, 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 tough. But at home, I like the Warhawks. Up next, Forest Park almost crapped the bed a little too soon. But they come out 66-64, survive in overtime over Whitewater, who was playing a, a fantastic game, really executed their offense, patient. But Forest Park went to their press. They started to speed them up. They got some turnovers, and they found a way to get the job done. And now they play Eagles Landing, who won 53-36 over Wayne County. And again, people, here we are. The kryptonite of Eagles Landing basketball, the Sweet 16 I think it's been like four or five years in a row now. They have not been able to advance outside of the Sweet 16. Does Eagles Landing get it done? Is the pressure ramped up? I know the players. I know the coaches. I know the fans. I know the admins there. They are listening to this podcast. They do know what I think about Eagles Landing in the second round. And they've been there. They've seen the struggles. They know what happens in the second round for some reason they just can't get over the hump and like i said fool me once shame on me fool me twice shame on you fool me for about five years in a row now and i just don't know what else to do eagles landing i think they should win this game but i am picking forest park even though forest park had to use overtime to beat Whitewater and did not look good, and they had to pull it out at the last second. It's something about the second round with Eagles Landing. And, you know, I, I for their sake, I, I hope Eagles Landing gets out because I think Eagles Landing is such a good team. I think this team had the talent to make it to a multiple Final Fours over the past five seasons. But just bad luck and bad draws and just bad karma, but... Again, Eagles Landing, I, I I feel like they should win this game. I think Forest Park might be overall more talented than Eagles Landing. But, you know, with all that mixed in and just with the, the true history of being burnt so many freaking times when I pick Eagles Landing and take a deep run, I don't want to get burnt again. For their sake, like I said, I hope they burn me on the opposite side of things. But I'm going with Forest Park, with Daniel Pounds inside, with Montez Redding, with Deshaun Brown with um, Quez Atkins, with all these guys, they are very, very tough. That's a lot of really good basketball players I just named. Eagles Landing, David Thomas is phenomenal. I love him. A.J. Barnes is great as well. And they got other role players in Jalen Hand and a Fabian Da Silva. But until they do it, 
I'm not picking them to do it. I'm going with Forest Park. Next, we have Decatur, where I guess it is greater, 55-48 over Eastside. They will play New Manchester, who pulled one out of the fire, 49-47 over Hiram. I guess I'm going with New Manchester here. Um, Decatur has had a really nice season, um, but I'm going to stick with New Manchester in this one. They're the number one seed. Decatur is only 8-7. and seven. I mean, Man- New Manchester is only 15-9, but I'm going to go with New Manchester. They were my original pick to make it to the Elite Eight. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be close. I think these two teams, um, definitely not as talented as Forest Park or Eagles Landing, um, but someone's going to make it to the Elite Eight, and they both had nice seasons. I'm going to stick with New Manchester. On to Class 4A, we have a lot to say about 4A. All right, looking at the bracket, we've said it was like the craziest, unpredictable classification all season long. I only got two games wrong, so I do feel good about that. I do feel good about that. I do feel good about that. Doherty, 70-31 over Perry. They just beat the brakes off them. Bakari Bryant has his team peaking at the right time. Now they see New Hampstead, who did the same against LaGrange, 81-43. I know Doherty is hot. They've seen a lot of good teams. But I'm going with Jeffrey Williams. I'm going with DeAndre Smart inside. Alaris Wall on the perimeter. I think those two guys are very tough. Now, Doherty, Elijah West is good. Jaden Scheider, you know, that's a big fellow that can move bodies around. But you're going up against DeAndre Smart, who is one of the best rebounders and one of the strongest kids in the state. So I want to see those two guys bump bodies. That That is a physical game in the low post but I do think New Hampstead uh, you know, 14 and 4 overall right now I'm just gonna roll the dice and this is a team that was only ranked for what I think I ranked them in the very last regular season poll that's it Doherty I don't they might have been ranked once possibly I'm not sure but I'm going New Hampstead either way next up I picked Maris to grind it out and win over Cedartown and they grinded it out, but they just always struggled to score. Lost 42-38. Good for Cedartown to move on to the next round. Where they see Fayette County, who won 73-46 against Madison County. I just do not see Cedartown matching up whatsoever against Fayette County. Like I said, I like MJ Holiday, Jeremiah Johnson. They got some nice little players, but you're going up against a 6'7", 6'8", wing that scores at you know an NBA skill set, it looks like, eventually. Hey, he's really tough. Cardell Bailey can play above the rim. RJ Kennedy's solid. Terry Brown is a mismatch. Point forward at 6-5. I think Fayette County wins this one by double digits. I think this one's a blowout pretty early. Next, Stevenson. Eh, 72-62. Couldn't really put away Pickens County. Um... Again, a win's a win at this point. And now they see Cedar Shoals who boat race Mount Zion Jonesboro 66-43. Again, I guess I do just have to stick with what I picked. I picked Stevenson to win. I think Cedar Shoals probably looked a lot better than them in that first round. Um, It's going to come down to the guard play. Kashik Brown and Jadavian Colbert versus Chase Ballard and EJ Walker. That's what it's going to come down to. And then you got Roger Walker uh, going up against um, Jalen Peterson inside, where I had to think Peterson for Stevenson has the advantage. But you got two good guards, 
going up against two good guards, like those three players on both sides that I just named, like those are the players. Though that's 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 the matchup right there. Um, Cedar Shoals, you know, got that jitterbug quickness, little guards, but Chase Boward is a, like a Cedar Shoals type guard. He's about five nine, five ten, lightning quick, can score the ball. I think. E.J. Walker with his physical downhill approach and how he can score at different levels, and he, he's just so strong as a lead guard. I think that puts him over the top, and I think Peterson, very important inside with the shot blocking and rebounding. I know Coach Drico Thomas, great, great coach, but I think Stevenson, you know, traveling on the road, the fighting Rob Beltons, it's going to be tough to win over in Athens when you have the best PA announcer in the state of Georgia rallying up the home crowd, um, but I'm gonna go with Stevens, Stevenson. I'm just gonna just gonna roll the dice and say I think they can. I think they can. I think they can. I'm going with the Jaguars. Uh, well, I guess there's two Jaguars. Let me clarify. I'm going with Stevenson. Next up, Westover, 66-62 winner over Westside Macon. They get Spencer, who destroyed Islands, 87-41. Well. It gets tougher and tougher here on out for Spencer. Um, I don't know what we're going to see here. Westover is really good. Isaac Abidi, he could cause some major, major issues inside. I, I, I like him. I think he could be a mid-major player. Super athletic. Has shown some three-point range. You know, We know he's going to block shots. We know he's going to rebound. Um, and then Bam Wingfield's a solid little lefty guard. He's, he's a quality player. He's a good player. And Efren Smith, they got a couple other guys. Kamari Leverett, they got good dudes around there. Um, Jalen Sellers for Spencer had 21 points in the first round game. Jaquiz Holt had 19. Daylon Thomas, who's about 6'5", 6'6", had 18 points. Um, you know, I like Randall Dixon on that team. They just they have some guys. They have a lot of guys. Spencer's going to come at you with waves with how they. They, they press and they substitute so much. I think Spencer wins. I think it's going to be really close. It's going to be a tough game. Again, at this point, I feel like we're going to have a lot of coin flip games in this round. But I'm sticking with my original pick of Spencer with Jalen Sellers coming into town, being that trump card that really helps them give them that, that big-time score and athleticism that pushes them to the top. Next, my second game I got wrong here. McDonough beats Jefferson 54-53 in double overtime. I believe a big tip-in occurred in this game. Tough game. Like I said, I thought it was going to be back and forth, back and forth. It turned out that way. I was on the wrong side of who I picked to win. Now they play Mays, who brought out the brooms for Region 7. It's just, you know, it's just not a good region. Mays, the four seed, blows out to a number one seed, Heritage Katusa, 60-40. 43. Now they don't bring out the brooms. Pardon me. Maris did not live up to their, their side of things. So forgive me for saying that. Region 7 did go 1 and 3. They did get their win. Um, but Mays, again, Solomon Evans and Mikael Williams, those two guys are very tough. Those guys are very, very tough. Um, McDonough, they're, they're a good team. That's a team that I wanted to kind of put in there in the top 10 throughout the year. Just couldn't really get it. Amon McDowell's been good. Jordan Gix has been good. Um, these two teams looking up, BJ Thomas, good coach. Uh, I'm going to swing it. I'm going to say I'm going with McDonough because I feel like McDonough has been closer to the top 10 throughout the year, even though I believe I did have Mays open up the year in the top 10. Uh, but ever since Mays has dropped out, I feel like McDonough has been much closer to being a top 10 team and I'm going with McDonough. 
Next up, Carver Columbus, 57-51, beat Benedictine. They get Monroe, 69-30, winner over West Lawrence. Um, Monroe in this one, I'm assuming they should handle their business. I know Carver's going to come at you. they got athletes. They're going to play hard. Coach White's a good coach. But Dominic Henderson, Michael Hoppower, he's been there, done that before, back when he was at America's Sumter. I like Monroe to win this game. Next up, I heard it was a controversial finish, but it worked out in my favor at least. Hardaway 49, Jenkins 47. Now Hardaway sees Baldwin, who gutted out a 64-50 win over Bainbridge. Baldwin is going to have to be prepared for the athletes of Hardaway with uh, Aaron Pitts going to CBCC. Undefeated Junior College, shout out. Right there, right over the border of Alabama. Great coaching staff, Ben Hicks. We're talking about Chris Reedy. Very good junior college program in Alabama. And now Pitts is going up against Baldwin, who has, you know, we, we talked about these guys, Jeremiah Simmons. We talked about Will Freeman, who's been there for a long time. Hogan. There's a lot of good players there. I'm going to st- Stick with the rankings. I'm going to stick with everything. Baldwin, whoa. Don't we have Baldwin ranked number one? They're undefeated. I think Baldwin's starting to see a lot more competition now. I'm going with Baldwin. They're at home. I like the, the balance. Uh, but Hardaway is Hardaway is scary. Hardaway, they they got some dudes that can really go, and they can make it into a track meet if they want to. Coach Kendall Mills, very good coach. But I got to stick with Baldwin. 13-0. They are a good team. I'm sticking with the Braves. And lastly, to finish up, Luella, too athletic and shot the ball too well. Knocked off North Oconee, 74-57. Miller Grove, 54-40 over Central Carrollton. Going Miller Grove here. Luella, I mean, Corey Mincy and Jaqua, Jaqua Keaton, they can shoot the ball. They can score the ball. Those two guys do the heavy lifting offensively. Miller Grove is a good defensive team. They're a balanced offensive team. Zaire Green is a good scorer that can get you 20 points a night if needed. Tariq Barber is a smart, heady guard that facilitates Jamil Barber. I like what he brings to the table with his length and uh, his defense. Um, Jamarcus Glover is a big physical bruiser inside. So I like a lot of the pieces Miller Grove has. Tariq Boyd at the point guard position, I think he'll be able to keep pace with Corey Mincy and all of them. I think Miller Grove, like I said, a little bit deeper. It's at Miller Grove. Um, it's a veteran, veteran group. A lot of seniors on the roster for Miller Grove. And I think they find a way to pull it out and beat Lou Ella to make it to the Elite Eight. Class 3A is next. Got two picks wrong here. Um, two tough games. But let's dive into it, see what we missed. Hepsiva lost 51-54 to Long County. Long County is a tough place to play at. Like I said, Cam Johnson jumps out of the gym. Tositas Pouncey is a very good guard. Not overly surprised with this one. Thought Hepsiva might be able to pull it out. Thought they played a little bit better of a schedule. But Long County is a good team. And this isn't a huge upset by any sense of the imagination. Especially considering Long County was the home team. Now... We have two teams very familiar with each other. What, Johnson versus Long County? They met in the Elite Eight last year. Looked like Johnson won by just a couple points. One point, two points, one point, two point. Uh, 48-49, or might have been 49-46. I think we touched on this in our last podcast. 
But Johnson won 67-55 over Crisp, and now they get Long County. This game's going to be at Savannah, so they do have home court advantage over there. Uh, very strict with how many people can be in the building, so that, that raucous Savannah crowd you might be accustomed to, that's just not really going to be there this year. Um, Johnson, I, I think they're going to have the best players on the floor. Amandre Bowles, really good. Antonio Baker, really good. Jaheim Robinson had a really good first-round game. Uh, I, I, like, I, I like Johnson. I'm going with Johnson, but I do think Long is a plucky team. Now that they're not at home, I think it makes it a little bit tougher for them. Um, I'm going with Johnson, but I think Long County is going to fight, 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 fight till the final buzzer. I think Johnson, at the end of things, will come out on top. Next up, White County 54, LFO 52. Again, we said it was going to be a probably a close game, even though LFO was without Amari Burnett. It could have been the difference right there. But White County advances and now they see sandy creek 78 50 winner over franklin county sandy creek wins this game white county is well coached white county has solid guards but where they're hurting is athleticism is height they don't have anybody i don't even know if they have anyone six four you know you're gonna get six foot ten jabari smith and all american miles rice just sean proctor i think they're gonna kill them inside it's just very tough. I think Jaden, yeah, is going to have a really good game for White County, and he's going to really make people a believer of him, and he's going to put the rest of the state, and especially Sandy Creek, on notice. I think he'll have a nice game, but I think it's going to be in a losing effort. I just think Sandy Creek is just way too strong. Just can't see them getting upset by White County. Next up, Cherokee Bluff, 57-39 winner over Sonoraville, as we predicted. Just thought that's not a good matchup for Sonoraville. Just too athletic and then long inside. Really hurt him. I know Dre Raven had about 19 points, had a good game, and Corey Thomas about 11 or so. They will play Hart County, 60-46, winner over Carver Atlanta. I'm, I'm going with Hart. I'm definitely going with Hart here. Again, I just... I think it's hard to win at Hart County. Sean Webb is great. He's going to lock down whoever their top guard is over there at Cherokee Bluff. Um, I think Shad Dabney is going to have to play very well for Cherokee Bluff. I think Corey Thomas has to have a big game here. At six foot nine. he has to protect the rim and score inside. Now, Taj Johnson, 6'7 for Hart County. He he can get in there and you know he'll, he'll compete with them. He might block a few shots. I like Hart County. Cherokee Bluff does have talent. They do have pieces, but I think Hart County is going to win this game. J.C. Curry, I think he could have a nice game. Sean Teasley defensively, but again, I'm not picking against Sean Webb. He's the best player on the floor. Hart County is a tough-nosed team that's going to bring it. Uh, Cherokee Bluff has some talent, um, but I just think Hart County, they're going to find a way. Uh, I think this could be a close game. I think I don't think they're going to blow the doors off Cherokee Bluff. I think it could be tough, but I'm going with Hart County. I just I'm I'm just on the bandwagon. I don't know what else to say. I'm on the Hart County bandwagon. This is a very good team and they're going to win at home. Up next, we got Thompson 78-55 over Pierce County versus Peach who won 88-43 over Southeast Bullock. Peach County is playing good basketball right now. They're playing really good basketball. Thompson's a good team. Got the young freshman over there that's you know leading that team, Levante Ivory. But I'm going Peach County as I had beforehand. Um, 
I'm going with Peach. This is a good team. Tamarius Mathis, all these guys, Edric Bailey, they got dudes that can score the ball. The Daria Leggett inside explodes off the ground. Big, physical, about 6'3", yeah, 6'4", yeah, maybe 6'5", on a good day. But he erupts to the rim, throws down alley-oops. This Peach County team's good. Coach Gordon has them rolling. I think they're going to take care of Thompson. I don't think Thompson just has enough quite yet. Best player is a freshman. I like Peach County. Up next, Salem. Barely. 56-49 over Oconee County. Barely. Oconee led a lot of this game until Salem finally cranked it up and pulled it out. Jeez, and now they played Dawson County 56-35 over North Murray. I'm going with Salem still. I think Dawson County is going to give them all they can handle. Don't think I'd be overly shocked if Dawson County wins this game. Um, Jake Kraft, Joakim Celestin, those two guys, you know, Forsyth Central right there. They come over to Murray uh, to Dawson County and they do some big things. They can light it up. Got some three-point shooters, quality team. Salem, of course, Javen Flower-Smith. He's really tough. Gerard Taylor's really, really good. Avion Young, I mean, named all these guys. Salem has a lot to choose from. I think they're going to be a little bit better, a little bit too good off the dribble with their guards. So I'm picking Salem to win, but it's tough to win at Dawson County. I think Dawson County's going to, you know, if, if Dawson County hits six, seven threes, if they hit yeah, they hit about six or seven threes, and I think they're going to have a chance in this one. Um, but I think Salem's going to be able to pull it out in another close game. Up next, Windsor Forest, 58-52 winner over Upson Lee. Windsor Forest won the foul count 30-5. to That's a lot of fouls, people. Only be called for five fouls on Windsor Forest. Interesting stuff down in Savannah. I don't know. 30-5 to in fouls. That's uh that's quite the disparity. I don't know, but Windsor Forest, they they were up big in this game, but Upson Lee kept fighting back and fighting back and fighting back. But Dante Bass was too good, and Windsor Forest finally put them to sleep. Now they play Appling 78-50 over Harlem. Appling's like that weird dark horse, not a very great region. I mean, I guess it looks good that Long County uh, beat Hefs of us, so I guess you feel kind of good about that um but other than that not, not a whole lot going on in region one but they beat a bad harlem team and now they see windsor force gage lot is six seven six eight inside what we said uh Dara smith was a region player of the year rufus mcduffie region coach of the year appling county they have some pieces they have some pieces um of course, I'm going with Windsor Forest because I trust what they've done all year, and they've they've you know that's a that's a really good team. But I think Appling County might be up to the challenge. It's at Appling County. I'm telling you what, that's in Baxley, Georgia. Maybe you're going to be traveling over there. Could be a tough place to play. I think Appling's going to give them everything they want. I think Windsor Forest is going to pull it out in the end. I think Shamar Norman could hit some outside shots. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not switching up yet. Is what I'm trying to say. But I think Appling County, we'll, we will really know, win or lose, at the end of this game, just how good Appling County was at 14 and one. Was this a bunch of crappy teams they beat, or was this actually a really good team that just didn't have a a, a, 
a terrific region they played in. We'll really get to know. I think Appling County, I think we're going to find out that this team was a, a pretty good team. Uh, but I do think Windsor Forest will have enough juice to get out of there and get back to Savannah with a Elite Eight berth. Up next, America Sumter 55-50 over Groves, a tough matchup. Now they see Cross Creek 92-55 over Tattnall County. Going Cross Creek here. Again, Corey Trotter inside is very tough. Richard Visitation gives him a new dynamic. Devin Pope has been scoring the ball exceptionally well this year. Um, you know, those three alone give you a lot to work with. They've just been so good, so good this year. And I think they're going to be able to carry that on and um, lead this team past America Sumter. America Sumter, a team that, you know, a couple guys score eight, nine points a game, not one big superstar. Uh, I think America Sumter is going to play a physical brand, but I think Cross Creek is prepared for that, and I think the Razorbacks will make it back to the Elite Eight. Next up, GAC beats Monroe area 59-53. Um they they score enough points. I, I I mean we said GAC has they have talent. They haven't been great this year, but they do have talent. They are dangerous if they put it together and they put it together against Monroe area. So big win for them. Now they see Lafayette 71-37 over North Hall. Um I don't know. I I pick Lafayette to make it to the elite eight uh that's who i'm gonna stick with them but could be tough eddie page is six nine dominic cooks is six nine josh fulton's a good six six wing they have size on the perimeter they got size inside that can match up with lafayette uh lamar randolph uh better than any guard lafayette has seku white is solid as well they're a well-coached team uh, it's going to be tough for Lafayette, but home court advantage is humongous. I think Aiden Hadaway has to battle. He's got to have a double-double to Cameron Porter, Junior Barber, Jalen Ramsey, all these guys. Going to run that dribble-weave handoff on the wing. I'm going with Lafayette. I think GAC has enough talent on paper. I think overall they're a more talented team than Lafayette. But I'm going with the Ramblers. Going to be very interesting to see what happens here but i'm gonna stick with my original pick lafayette don't burn me now please i'm going with them but i think it's gonna be a really interesting really good game moving on we are on to class 2a how we do in Class 2A? We got two games wrong, but we got the entire left side of the bracket pristine. West side, Augusta beat Fitzgerald 65-55, and Waco beat Jeff Davis 62-33. Now we have West side, Augusta versus Washington County. I think this could be a really good game. I'm going with Washington County, who I picked earlier in our last podcast. I'm just going to stick with them. It's a balanced team. Everyone scores the ball. I think they're deep. I think it's hard to play in Sandersville. Um, you know, you're looking at Quinton Knight had 18 points. Jar- Jarius Brown had 16. Caleb Moore had 12. JT Thomas had 7 and 11. Uh, I think West Side's good. We 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 talked about um, Kal- um, Kalon Hudson earlier in our last pod uh, podcast. Pardon me. Um, they got some other talent as well. I want to say Amari Tillman, if I'm not mistaken. I'll try and pull it up to give 
proper credit. Um, but yes, it is uh, Amari Tillman's averaging over 12 points per game. Felix Booker's a double-digit guy. Um, looks like they've gotten looks like so they've gotten some points from Middleton as well. Uh, Demarco Middleton, a freshman, so they 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 get a nice little nucleus there. But I'm gonna stick with Waco, Sandersville, tough place to play. Um, they do a good job over there with Coach Hope, so I'm going with Washington County. Next up, Columbia. I said tough to win in Somerville, 74-67. They almost choked. It was, uh, you know, Chatuga came on red hot in that third quarter after they were down double digits early on and took a, took a four-point lead, I think, at one point. But Columbia came back, handled their business. Kalsiki Ricks getting to the line, 10-10 from the foul line, led that team. Um, pretty balanced scoring outside of that. They got the job done, and now they see Callaway, 65-42 winner over winless Union County. Callaway's going to be very athletic. They're going to be really small as well, kind of similar to Chattooga. I don't know if they're going to shoot the ball as well as Chattooga did. I think they hit, what, like a little 10-11 threes in their game against Columbia, but still lost. I think Columbia's okay. Just they can't underestimate anybody. Pound the ball inside to Mason Lockhart. Pound it inside to Julius Lyman. Um, and they should be okay. They got good shooters on the perimeter as well that can help space the floor. Columbia should win this one. But be careful of Callaway, Devontae Body. Um, they, they, got, they got some dudes over there. Uh, that can really put the ball in the basket. It's We've seen it before with these guys. Um, a tough little team. Callaway. And it's tough to judge because they only play like 15 games a year. They never really play any games but they got him they got Devin Dowell who's averaged over 18 points a game was close to double digits it looks like um I think they still have Demetrius Coleman there another football standout I hope he's still on the team but a lot of quick little athletes that score a lot of points but Columbia they should be okay in this one next up love it 64 49 over Coosa Elbert County 64 37 over Bremen I'm going with Lovett here. Elbert County plays very good defense. Jalen Webb, uh, Jaden Brown's a good guard. Uh, they got they got some guys. They're 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 a nice team. They're a nice team overall. Um, but I think Lovett just going to be too big. Ryan Mutembo is going to cause issues. Christian Anderson can really score the ball on the perimeter, and Jay Joshi is all right as well. So that's a nice little group. Um, I'm going love it. I just feel like the the size and the the, the guard play going to be tough. But I know Elbert County is going to be able to hunker down and make this a low scoring game. But I think love it will come out of there alive. Next up, Laney sixty nine forty seven over Barry, and they have Swainsboro sixty five thirty six winner over Blakely County. Um, going with Swainsboro, Seabro Twins. Gonna be t- rough and rugged around the basket. I think um, you're, you're looking at Matthew Jones has to be ready for that if you're Laney at six eight. Um, DJ Collins, of course, good guard, but I'm going Swainsboro. Derek Jones flying around, only about I don't know six one six two guard, but he blocks a bunch of shots. They're just an attacking defense that go 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 go. Swainsboro is a real deal. Swainsboro at home, they don't lose often. I think they beat Laney. Top right-hand quarter of the bracket, Rabin County, 70-50 to 50 over Heard County. What an upset win, we predicted. Pretty cool. Connor McKay, man, uh, I guess he just wants to force his way onto the uh, All-State team. I just guess so. I, I just 
That's that's what it sounds like to me when I read off what his stat line was in the first round. Only about, I don't know, like 6'2", 6'3", 31 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, and 7 blocks. Absolutely dominated this game. And he has a chance to dominate against Model as well. Model 45-40, pulled it out over Kip. Model, of course, with the Herd brothers inside, big size. Uh, Carson Cole's a good guard, and Dane Fisher, a really good guard as well. I think Model should win this game. I think Connor McKay is going to give them hell. I think he's going to put up big numbers. But I'm going to have to go with Model. The poor hungry dogs, they keep PhDing everywhere. They're going to get their master's degree and their PhD and their doctorate one of these days. And I think they're going to go on and make it to the Elite Eight. Next up, Woodville Tompkins. Why would I pick against Lenny Williams? I just don't understand myself. 66-56, winner over Northeast Macon. Now they get Thomasville, 71-56 over Putnam County. I want to believe in Thomasville. I know they're in a crappy region. It's not a good region, Region 1. I'm looking at Cook got blown out by 22. I'm looking at Berrien got blown out by 22. I'm looking at Fitzgerald lost by 10. It's a bad region. But Clifford Davis is a great player, and all those guys are seniors over there for Coach Tillman. I am going to stick with Thomasville, my original pick. Woodville is going to come at them in full force. They have a lot of guys. Antonio Hunt, Alfonso Ross, you know, I'll name them, list them, list them, Lucas Platuna, they had a, another player came up um, really big for them and uh, had a, a big game in that first round, but I'm just going to go with Thomasville. I think Thomasville is going to have to do a good job of kind of slowing down what Woodville likes to do. I uh, kind of worry about that at times, but Woodville has been very, very good. Um, they're doing it without two starters. Wow, found a way to win without Ross and Zion Powers, so we'll see what happens with that. But I, I don't know. If they're not at full strength, they need to be at full strength eventually to continue this run. Uh, guys have stepped up for them, but I am going to go with Thomasville. I'm just going with these seniors, and it's a long trip. I know it's tough down south. I'm going with Thomasville and Clifford Davis just being the best player on the floor. Next up, Toombs County got this one wrong. 7-18, they beat 7-11 Jasper County, 64-43. Now they run into Butler, who won 63-41 over Cook. Butler should win this game. Ronnie Striggles is a playmaker, and they get the size inside. I think they can win this game by 20-plus points. Toombs County just hasn't really been that good all season long. They kind of lucked into that, that two-seed, considering how Woodville Tompkins had to forfeit in the semifinals and go into the 3-4 game after a COVID case. So I think Butler should be fine in this one. I think they win. They got size. They got good guards. I think this is a veteran group. I like Butler. Next up, Banks County, 69-40 win over Temple. As we look at Region 5, who was almost swept, but of course saved as usual by Callaway. Um, we're looking at this game. Pierce Martin knocking down shots. Dakota Orr, 6'7 inside. Uh, Garrett Presley, all these guys. Clay Gosnell, that's a good core of four right there. But they're going up against Pace Academy. 95-25 winner over Dade. And Pace Academy feels like playing. They're going to blow people out. They're going to win this game by double digits. Banks County is going to struggle. Pace Academy, too many athletes, too many good players. Um, loaded roster. Knights advance to the Elite Eight.
Now we have class A private, A private, A private. Almost done here. Um, had three games wrong on our bracket selections, but let's get into it. Stratford, 79-38 over Brookstone. We saw that one coming. Now they play Savannah Country Day, who beat W.D. Muhammad, 64-43. I have Stratford advancing. I like Isaiah Josie. Uh, I think this is a team that does have uh, a good amount of talent when you're looking at them. Uh, I think they should be able to pull this one out. It could be difficult, but... I like Stratford in this one. Savannah Country Day has had a, a good season. You know, obviously able to capture that number one seed. It's going to be tough making traveling down to Savannah, but I am going to stick with these guys. I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, like I said, Isaiah Josie is a, a good player. I think he has to have a really big year, or a really big game. I'm going with him, Khalil Green, Ben Baxley. Uh, I think they'll have enough in a close one, but I'm going with Stratford. Next up, Darlington. I thought they could give Kings Ridge some issues with their physicality. Kings Ridge is a three-point shooting team. Darlington, uh, a little more well-balanced. Got some big bodies here and there. Um, this is a, a solid team, and they, they proved it with a 55-47 win over Kings Ridge. And now we're looking at Darlington, who has to play Holy Innocent, 63-45 over Athens Christian. Um, I mean, Holy Innocence is a good team. They're not like a wow, incredible team. I don't think we had too many wow, oh my god teams in Class A Private. I mean, Green Force on paper should be drilling everybody, but we know that's just you know not necessarily the case just yet. It, it's tough to really punish teams in the state playoffs, but... Darlington, they're going to have a puncher's chance. Patrick Shelley, very athletic, good guard, gets downhill. I want to see what he does defensively and who he draws. If they play a man, is he going to guard Garrison Powell? I mean, he he has the size, he has the length, he has athleticism to keep up with Garrison Powell. Um, DJ Johnson provides some scoring inside. Braden Bell on the perimeter. Um, got a couple others that can really help out and stretch out the defense, but Holy Innocence, Landon Cardian had a really good game. Justin Wilson, I think he's just such a tough guard that's underappreciated. Um, I'm going to stick with my original pick of going with Holy Innocence, but I do think Darlington does have a chance in this game. Patrick Shelley, Patrick Shelley, Patrick Shelley. He has to come to play. He has to have a really good game. He has to stuff the stat sheet. He doesn't need to score 30 points, but if he can get you – 16 points and eight rebounds and four assists and three steals and two blocks. Like you could be in pretty good shape. Um, so I'm going with Holy Innocence, but I do think Darlington is going to have a good game plan. And they're going to give Holy Innocence a run for their money. But I just think Garrison Powell and Justin Wilson, the two best guards on the floor, are going to lead Holy Innocence to the next round. Up next, St. Francis 67-58 over Walker. Now they have Galloway. The four seed that beat number one seed Tallulah Falls, 66-57. Oh, boy, this is a tough one. I mean, St. Francis, you're kind of, ever since, you know, they had so many people leave the program a little bit up and down, but they're still good. Galloway, not as much talent on paper as St. Francis. Quinton Alterman, solid guard. Uh, Andrew Monroe, solid wing type player. And then, of course, Anthony Arrington is a straw that stirs a drink. 
But St. Francis, you still have Juson Holt, who's 6'6", going to Alabama. Um, Seth Hubbard was out. Seth Hubbard, if I can find what I was told, Seth Hubbard was out. That changes everything, people. Let me pull it up. Let me get some clarification as I got some important, important scoop. Let's see. Hubbard, right arm in a sling after taking a hard fall in the championship against Mount Pisgah. So you're telling me St. Francis is now, you know, Jordan Brown, he transferred out, went to Chattahoochee. Uh, Robbins, he was ineligible. That didn't work out, so he's gone. You're talking about uh, now you're taking away Seth Hubbard. Like, Coach Catlett is running out of bullets. So you got, huh, you got Jason Holt and you got Kai Simmons. And then I think it's Drew Robinson has stepped up huge for them. But that it's just not the same level of talent. And just looking at that, like that, I have St. Francis advancing, but with Seth Hubbard not playing now, I think that makes it really difficult. Um, gosh, this is a real coin flip game for me. I don't know if I want to stick with my original pick of St. Francis. I mean, you zap them of a dynamic score on the perimeter. Um... For the sake of staying true to myself, I'm going to go with St. Francis. I think Jusson Holt will be enough. Um, I just I know Galloway, their role players play into their roles, but I don't know outside of Arrington, are they going to be able to score enough now that, I mean, St. Francis are going to have the same issues outside of Holt. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, and it's at, what, it's at St. Francis. Maybe that helps out a little bit. Um, I'm just, you know, St. Francis has been here before. Galloway has not been here before. I think that might play a bit of a factor. I'm going to go with St. Francis, but without Seth Hubbard, if he's not back, oh, boy, that 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 changes a lot. Um, but I'm just going to stick with it, and I'm going to stick with my gut and just go at St. Francis. Next up, we have a rematch after we see Trinity Christian take care of Mount Sales 54-30. Now they play Green Forest, a 76-51 winner over Calvary Day. These two teams hooked up earlier in the year. And it was Trinity Christian that got the win in overtime, 70-67 to at Green Forest. Green Forest on paper, by far the best team in Class A private. Well, I'd say Mount Pisgah is pretty close too, but I would think Green Forest on paper, probably the best team in Class A private. Will they play like it? We will see. Um, they lost to that Trinity Christian. They have to stop... Uh, Sammy Pissis and uh, uh, Isaac Brito, those two guys, they had big games. Uh, Pissis had 24 points. Brito had 20 points in this game. Um, he had 11 rebounds as well. So you're looking at that right there. And uh, Trinity Christian, they were only 3 of 20 from the three-point line. So Pissis, he, he had his 24 points. Uh, he was 1 of 12 from the three-point line. He'll have to shoot a little bit better. Michael Moore had 13 points. Jackson Barnes had 11 points. Looking at what happened with Green Force, Chase Cormier, 17. Jalen Jackson, just 9. Guy Chol, 7. Jalen Forrest, 12. So this is going to be a good battle. I'm going to go with Green Forest. 
again, I mean, if they don't win, I mean, come on. Like, what what more do you need on the roster to get to an Elite Eight? I know Class A private is tough, but, I mean, Green Force, come on. They they have big guards. They have a great shooter and playmaker in Cormier. They got a seven-foot guy that's, like, regarded as a four- or five-star in Geichel. They should win this game on paper. I think it's going down to the wire. I'm giving them the nod. I'm giving it to Green Force. I think Trinity Christian, they've already beat them once, but I'm going to go with Green Force. I just think talent, eventually it has to win out, right? Eventually, maybe. I'm going with Green Force. Top right-hand side, Hebron Christian. All that goodwill and fun feelings from upsetting Providence Christian in the semifinals. I guess it was a fluke. They lose. 65-52 65-52 to 6-16, and 16, Athens Academy. Not good, not good at all. Um, I think those two teams were familiar with one another. I'll try and pull it up. I think they were both in Region 8 together last year, so that could have really helped out uh, Athens Academy as far as scouting and kind of knowing what Hebron Christian, or what their identity is, what, they're, what they like to do, um, just pulling that up. From last year, these two teams, when they met, uh, let's see, Hebron won 66-63 in their only meeting last year. So, again, this, you know, doubling down just makes that loss look even worse for Hebron. But credit and kudos to Athens Academy. A huge win for this team. Um, Now they move on to the next round. They're going to have to ride, you know, Deion Colsey is their guy going to, I believe it's Notre Dame for football Really good athlete. Um, Going to lead the charge for them. They got some help from some other players as well. Um, but they're going up against Christian Heritage. Christian Heritage, 54-36. Again, that's a grindy out defense. They beat Lakeview Academy. And now they see um, this, uh, this uh, Athens Academy team. So it is going to be something to see. Kamel Williams had 18 points and 6 assists for Athens Academy. Deion Colsey, 17 and 8. Palmer Bush had 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um, now we are seeing them go up against Christian Heritage. Jax Abernathy, Region Player of the Year. Evan Lester, physical guy inside. Uh, Zundra Jackson, I really like him, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to list every single player, but I like Christian Heritage. They're a better team than Athens Academy. They've been a better team all season long. I don't want to see this on Twitter where I see reminding that rankings and predictions are overrated. <sighs> They're 16-6 and six for a reason, 7-16 and 16 for a reason, Athens Academy. I don't see them beating Christian Heritage. I do think it will be a close game, but they lost 16 games for a reason, and I think that reason is that they're not that good. And I think eventually the uh, the carriage turns into a pumpkin. Great win for Athens Academy, but I think Christian Heritage at Christian Heritage in Dalton will be a tough, tall task. I got Christian Heritage winning. Next up, Savannah Christian, 58-50 over Whitfield Academy. Got that one wrong, so give credit to Savannah Christian. Now they see FPD, who advanced via forfeit Heritage School out in Noonan. What are you doing? Doesn't happen. FPD now. Um, Savannah Christian, a team that has some size, has some shooters. I think this is a, a pretty decent team. You know, fifteen and nine, not bad, not bad, not bad. Uh, but FPD, I just worry about Savannah Christian. How are they going to guard um, those guards? Um, 
You're talking about Jordan, um, what, Jordan Jones. He can fill it up. He can fill it up at 60 points in a game, for goodness sakes. Jay King, Julius King Jr., he is really, really good. Those two guys alone with Jalen Goodrum, a little undersized guard. Jitterbug quickness are good. Jakari Williams brings an athletic presence. Um, but Savannah Christian, Parker Alls, a 6'6 guard, handles the ball. Cooper George, a knockdown three-point shooter. You have two pieces that they work pretty well together. Uh, I think FPD is going to have to be ready, but again, I think it comes down to can they chase them around and can they stop them? Um, you know, Parker all 12.7 rebounds a game and then Cooper George 13 points per game. But again, I just worry about that foot speed on the perimeter of chasing around these guys. Can they slow down? Uh, Julius King Jr. and Jordan Jones, both of those guys can shoot from deep. Both of them can get to the rack. I think FPD wins in Macon, um, but they are going to have to make sure Cooper George does not get hot. 38% three-point shooters hit 73 threes this year. He will fire them up and fire them up often, but I do like FPD. Next up, Saka, 70-66 over a young Aquinas team, a good effort from Aquinas, but Saka advances, and now they see San Ampicelli, 70-43 over Deerfield Windsor, 16-3, 17-3 overall now for San Ampicelli. Um, Saka's going to pose some potential issues. They are athletic. They do have a little bit of length. Shadai Singleton and the rest of those guys, uh, they are not deep at all. Um, but I'm going Pacelli, Travis Harper, really good. Ian Matthews, Pierre Summers is, you know, when Pierre Summers got into basketball shape, he transformed this team from being a good team to being a potential state championship team. So I'm going with Pacelli. I just do not see them losing at home against Southwest Atlanta Christian. Next up, Providence Christian, 71-58 winner over George Walton. And now they see Mount Pisgah, 63-41. And this is a state championship matchup. We we have some brutal matchups in the second round. St. Francis Galloway, Trinity Christian Green Force, Providence Christian versus Mount Pisgah. I picked Mount Pisgah to win the state championship heading into this tournament. I think... Again, I'm going with them because of their depth, and they just have you know long guards, Kashim Gray, Chase Tucker, JoJo Peterson going to Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Nate Gordon, 6'7", rebounder and shot blocker inside that can be physical and can kind of slow things down and body up on uh, Tony Carpio, who is so good for Providence Christian. I do think they have size and foot speed and wingspan to try and slow down Chance Sacker, who has been terrific this year and will be an all-state player. It comes down to EJ Williams. I think he had a good game in the first round. Elijah Williams, are you going to come to play? Is he going to come to play at a very high level? They need him now more than ever. This is the prototypical game where Providence Christian needs their big three to put in over 60 points combined. They have to find a way. EJ Williams, it's going to be a big game for him. That is who I'm looking at. That is the X factor. If he has a strong game, I think Providence Christian wins. If he doesn't have a strong enough game, I think Mount Pisgah wins. Um... I'm going with Mount Pisgah. That's who I picked to start with. Like I said, I'm just going to roll with them. MJ Winter, another good guy. I just think they're they're so big on the perimeter and just so good overall. Playing really good basketball. I think it's going to be a really good game. But Mount Pisgah at home over Providence Christian. I think they just have a few more options scoring the ball. I just feel like Providence Christian, it's three guys. And outside of that, just... You know, you might get a little bit here and there, but it's not consistent enough for me personally to believe that they can get past Mount Pisgah. All 
on to class A public people. We are on the home stretch. Oh my goodness. Let's see what we got here. Uh got two games wrong and uh let's let's dive into it. Pelham 57-32 over Telfair County. They see Portal who beat up on Clinch 61-37. Going Portal for all the reasons I mentioned before. Fred Spell 6-7-7-3 wingspan blocks everything in this area. Elijah uh <clears throat> What did I say? Elijah Coleman, is it, for Portal? I'll find out for you real quick. Um, I love how he can score the ball. Only a freshman, just that big freshman class. is so good for Coach Brandon over there. Um, Elijah Coleman, yep, 18 points per game, four rebounds, five assists, four steals. I'm not going to read off all the stats, but you had in Joseph Thomas is a good scoring freshman. Amir Jackson is a big, strong body. That's a double-double machine, 13 and 11 a game. I like Portal. They have all the pieces. They are young, but I think Portal is legit. Next up, Wilkinson County. Ding dong, the witch is dead. They lose the best academy, 77-70. to um, Region 7 has been a goofball region all year with not playing enough games, and they kind of come on strong down the stretch and, you know, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. What do you expect? Um, we knew Wilkinson wasn't going to be as strong as years past, and we dropped them out of the rankings very, you know, shortly into the season. And I gave them the benefit of the, the doubt going into it. I, I covered all this in depth before, um, but it is what it is. So they lose seventy-seven to seventy to best. And let's look at best. They lost one hundred and twelve to fifty-four to Drew Charter. They lost one hundred one to ninety-four to Bowden. Um, you know, those two, uh, other than that, you know, a couple games here and there, they did tighten it up and lost 84-81 in their rematch with Drew Charter. Uh, they only lost by three to Bowden in their second game. So they did tighten it up and they did get better and they lost by uh, nine to Bowden in the region tournament. So this team was crummy early on against the top teams, but uh, they've gotten a lot better. And I know Callahan, Christian Callahan is their best player. He leads that team. He puts them on his shoulders. He is good. Um, very good, you know, broken up from his, what, I guess his brother that's still at Dutchtown, um, but he is very good, he's got that float to the rim, can score at multiple levels, good player, and now they go up against Chattahoochee County, 64-56 winner over Commerce, Chattahoochee County, um, a good team, 14-1 overall, uh, they had a, a nice effort, Jay Buford, had 21 points, Dexter Hallman, 17, Nikita Ellington, 9, Carlos Donovan, 7, and Desmond Mabry, 7 points. Um, I picked Chattahoochee County to win before I knew who they were playing, and I'm going to stick with that. I like Chattahoochee County. I'm going to go with them, going to ride with it, and I got the Panthers advancing. Next up... Warren County beats Bowden as predicted. Bowden without two guards, 80-70. to 70. I just felt like, you know, I don't know. Region 7, they crapped the bed with that best academy game. But, you know, elsewhere in Region 7, looks like, you know, what? They went 2-2, two and two, so it is what it is. But Warren County, I went with them. They got the job done. Now they see Towns. Towns 78-67 over Manchester. I think Towns County, I don't know if Cabe Ellis is back yet with his separated shoulder or not. Um, but Jake Mattaggart was really good in the first round, got that size to beat a Manchester team that was in the top 10 early on in the season. I'm rolling with Towns County. 
Colby Moss, Region Player of the Year. They're going to give fits to these teams. Warren County, they're going to have, you know, they might have a couple more athletes in Towns County, but I think Towns County is too balanced of a team, and I think Towns County will continue on to the Elite Eight. Next up, we got this one wrong. Mitchell County behind Georgia Southern signee Manny Harris, 67-60 over Dooley County, and now they see Irwin County, 82-49 over ECI. Um, Done with Irwin County here. They've been so good all season long ever since they got their football players yet. I think Manny Harris is obviously going to be the the go-to guy to stop, and he's going to get his. But again, I just worry about the rest of the supporting cast. I know Irwin County is going to have hella athletes out there with all their football players playing, the Benyard brothers, etc. I think Mitchell County, you know, you always have a chance when you have the best player in the game and one of the best players in the entire classification, if not the best player. Um, But I'm going with Irwin County at Irwin County. Very good team. Jughead Jones. Rolling with John Jughead Jones. Next up, Social Circle, 55-52 at Taylor County. Big win. And now they see Hancock Central, 73-52 over Fulton Leadership. A lot of good guard playing this one. I don't know. Social Circle might be able to upset the apple cart. You know, Jamal Taylor had a really big game against Fulton Leadership. And, you know, Leroy Wilson's been good this year. Marcavius Lawrence, I believe his name is, undersized post, solid. But Social Circle... You got size. Vincent is a big fella inside at about 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, takes up space. You got some athletes on the wing, and then of course you have two really good guards. And Tyrell Branch, he was an all state preseason pick. And then KJ Reed has been really good, and they can shoot the ball. Um, I'm going to stick with my pick of Hancock because they are traveling to Hancock, and that's a. <laughs> It's a tough place to win at, but Social Circle, they have enough firepower. They have enough athletes to go in there and come out with the win. I'm not going to pick them right here because Hancock is the defending state champs, um, but I think Hancock's going to really have to strap it up and play well to beat Social Circle. I think they are going to be able to pull it out, but I think Social Circle is going to come at them in a fuel fury, and they're going to give them everything they want and more, but Hancock will survive. Next up, Lanier County. 72-58 win over Metter, and now they get Terrell County, 89-66, undefeated, 8-0. Um, Lanier County has a lot of talent. Uh, what do we got? Is it Quam Pope? And you got EJ Brown. You're going up against Terrell County, who has a very deep roster um, that all scores the ball. They take turns scoring. It's a it's a balanced team. Uh, you got, what, like maybe four or five guys averaging double figures. Uh you got like what? Jamarcus Allen, fourteen points a game. The big fella Justin Carter is about six 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 seven. Uh Contravian Greer, tough inside, Caborian Stevens, all these guys we've already listed off before. Um tough team. I like Terrell County. Again, I you know, they were twenty five and three last year and they would have been like number three in the state all season long if they actually played more than what, seven games in the regular season. So I do think Terrell County wins. Lanier County does have talent. I think Terrell is a little bit deeper, and they're going to attack, attack, attack. And I got the green wave rolling into the Elite Eight. Next up, Turner County, 57-54 over Claxton. Turner County, solid team. Claxton, you know, a lot of football players, but they do play extremely hard, but just ran out of gas at the end of the season, couldn't get the job done, and Turner advances. They will see Dublin, 71-39 over Quitman. That was a... 
a big blowout win. Pretty impressive. Dublin's, you know, they're they're not leaving anything to the imagination. They're coming in there and they're beating people. And this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a, a double hitter, right? I believe we have Turner County girls playing Dublin as well now. I picked Turner County girls to beat the Dublin girls, um, but I'm picking the Dublin boys to beat Turner County. I like Dublin. They're good. I like their guard play. They're well coached. This is a team that has tradition. They win games. They're in 1A public now, 2A last year where they were very, very good. This Dublin team has what it takes to make some noise. Next up, Lincoln County, 71-47 over Macon County. But they see Drew Charter, 76-49 over Crawford County. I have seen both of these teams play. I think Drew Charter will eat up Lincoln County's guards with their pressure. I think they're just going to boat race them. Lincoln County likes to sit in a 2-3 defense. I think that is good because man-to-man Drew Charter will burn you and just go straight to the basket. But Drew Charter does have shooters as well. Um, Jacquez Thornton is phenomenal. The lefty, he is lights out. Jacoby Strozer can step out and hit the three. Cedric Taylor as well. I think Drew Charter turns this into a track meet. Lanier County, uh, Caleb Willis is good, and they do have Frank Juan Sherman is very good. But, again, those two guys in the guard play, I just think Drew Charter's going to just eat up those guards. They're going to turn them over, turn them over, turn them over. Fast break, fast break, fast break. Um, I think Drew Charter wins this one double digits. Drew Charter is just unbelievable as a Class A public school. Lincoln County, you got to be strong one through five, and legit, it has to start with your best player has to be a guard, and your second best player has to be a guard, and that is just not the case at Lincoln County. Drew Charter wins big. So that sums it up. Sweet 16. Every game predicted. Hopefully I do okay. Like I said, 82% in my first round picks. 105 out of 128. Okay. Not, you know, nothing to be like, oh my god, I'm the guru, I'm the best ever. It's okay. It's okay. It's a, it's a decent amount. I did better on the girls' side. Um, but we'll see what happens. I want no COVID cancellations. I do not want any forfeits. I don't want any cheapies. I want good, clean basketball out here. I want everyone out there supporting their teams, supporting their teams. Wear a mask if you must. Protect everybody. Go out there. Going to be great basketball. I got to figure out where the heck I'm going to get to. But it's that crazy time of year. Remember, rankings go out their window. Uh, records don't matter. We call it the February frenzy for a reason. These teams are marching to Macon. Um, remember, the bottom of the bracket won the universal coin flip for the quarterfinals, which is big. So we're talking like we just mentioned. We're talking Dublin going to Drew Charter and you know Hancock at Terrell County, all these potential matchups. It's going to be at the bottom of the bracket, but we will have a reflip for the semifinals. So, everybody, follow me, KyleSandy355, at, um, on Twitter. Uh, if you've made it this far, thank you very much, by the way. Uh, Sandy Spiel on tw- Twitter. Uh, CTC Athletics on Instagram for all the highlights of the games I go to. Remember, please tag me in scores and stats. I will be updating brackets in real time as we roll on throughout the state tournament. Final four, not going to be at neutral sites this year. Really sucks for me. Going to make my life so much harder, so I appreciate you if you can help me out there. But that is it. My voice has survived again, as I say. I've bitten off more than I can chew, but I have not choked just yet. State playoffs, sweet 16. Look forward to seeing all the action, all the upsets, and all the craziness. Stick with me for the rest of the season, all state teams after the season. 
I appreciate you for listening. I hope this podcast has given you some bulletin board material if you're a player or you're a coach. And I hope if you're a fan or a parent, you've learned more about the entire state. And if you're a college coach, recruit the state of Georgia. Everybody, thank you. And we'll talk to you for the Elite 8 preview coming up in a few days.